All right, what's up, guys? And on today's episode of Primetime Kansas City, we'll be going over the Elite Eight, Sweet 16, mainly the Elite Eight, giving you our Final Four picks. Uh, we'll be going over MLB Royals. It's opening day, but for that, we have uh, Cody Tapp, uh, 6'10", with us. So that should be interesting. But then after that, we have something new. Uh, we'll be doing a snake draft that we got this idea from Barstool Chicago. Uh, so you should stick around for that because that will be pretty interesting. But other than that, this is primetime Kansas City, so let's get right into it. Sweet 16, Elite 8 happened. To say I'm shocked would be lying. I kind of saw this coming other than UCLA and Michigan. I don't know about you, Jackson, but... Yeah, I, I didn't... What was that? What were your thoughts just in general? Oh, yeah. Um, I think... The only thing that 100% surprised me, well, two things, UCLA, and I honestly didn't think Houston was going to make it, but um, they did. Uh, pretty easy path, but, hey, you got to play who's in front of you. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I think the top bracket of Baylor and Gonzaga was obvious. It felt like that was an inevitable thing to happen. Uh, Baylor got tested a few times. Wisconsin gave him a little bit of a test. Uh Villanova played hard with them for a little bit, and then Arkansas also gave him a test. But you look at Gonzaga, so far no one's been able to give them a test. And I, I just have to think Gonzaga's going to beat the shit out of UCLA. Um, and that's no offense to UCLA. That's just probably the way it's going to happen. Yeah, uh, I mean, the line's already minus 14.5 for Gonzaga, and that's the biggest spread in NCAA Final Four history. The, they did tie it originally at minus 14 with Kentucky, mm-hmm. and I forget who, but it was like in 1980, I think. Mm. But, There's... yeah, I think Gonzaga, UCLA, it's going to be a blowout. Like, this is a great run from UCLA, and for Mick Cronin in the program, I think this is really good for them. It might put it might put UCLA back on the top, but it's something you hear a lot. It's if you get right at the hot moment. And UCLA, UCLA you get hot it, at the right moment. <laughs> what'd I say? You said if you get right at the hot moment. Oh, if you get hot at the right moment. Yeah. And that's what UCLA is right now. Like, get, for Gonzaga to be hot at the right moment, I don't think it matters. Like, Gonzaga's going to win the tournament. They should. I mean, there's just no there's no logical reason they shouldn't. It would take them playing a very, very bad game uh, and someone playing a very, very good game. Uh, you take a look at Gonzaga this year. I mean – they have just not been tested. I mean, it's just, you really look at it. If they're able to go on and win the championship and even do it in the sense that they've been doing it so far, winning games by double digits, they're they're going to be in the conversation for the greatest basketball college basketball team of all time. It's just inevitable. They're only, I mean, you look at their schedule, I think they've won one game by less than 10 points. And that's, I think that's, that's – Like they haven't lost a game or they haven't won a game by less than 10 points since December. Like, and it wasn't just like a non-conference team. It was yeah, I think it was, uh, it was 13 West Virginia. They beat by five. And ever since then they have, first of all, yeah. And, and to people, cause I was on here saying Gonzaga was the best team in the country all year long when people were trying to say Baylor, they beat 12 Kansas by 12. They beat Auburn. I mean, Auburn's not great. They beat 13 West Virginia by five. They beat eight Iowa by 11. They beat 15 Virginia by 23. I mean, this team has just ended. I just wish 20- we were able to see Gonzaga versus Baylor, but that game was postponed. Oh yeah, it was. But that might that might make for you know an even more suspenseful championship game if they're able to get there. I, I think you know obviously that's the matchup at this point. I think most people want other unless you're a Gonzaga hater. Um, I think you they've been the best two teams in the country all year long, and it it would be the best championship game possible. I don't say this out of just disrespect for Houston or that might personal dislike for them they would get beat by 30 or 40 by gonzaga they would get the oh, shit easily. Out. no here i'll say it for you i hate houston that's fair let me let me let me pull it up uh what's his name oh that dude on twitter that was talking to us no not him corin hoggard uh he's a uh, abc 30 reporter slash investigator uh if you go to his uh twitter it's corn hog guard Corn Hoggard, Hog Guard. All right, uh, good, good try, good try. This dude's, I think, might be a kidnapper. Oh, he's he's very weird. Uh, oh. He might be investigating himself, to be honest, in the future. 
Mm. But if you just scroll down his media on Twitter, it is mm-hmm. him. For and I'm not even over exaggerating this, for at least two minutes and thirty seconds straight, it is just the same GIF of him. Literally, the dude doesn't put anything. He 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 just it's just yes. Yeah. All right, and, and John's here one. in the middle of a podcast. All right. I don't think All right, well, Alvi, do you know we are in the middle of a podcast? I am not aware. But we are we are in the middle of a podcast, so you got your okay. piss out. We're just talking about how much we hate this dude. He's from Houston. I do. Uh one thing I will say is this is not even trying to be mean to UCLA or Houston. Mainly Houston. Nah, that's that's a little mean. But if Houston's in the national championship, that's just gonna suck. Like you kinda talked about it. Like that will suck. Yeah, that would be terrible. The like, only yeah to wait this to long, there. not have a March Madness last year, and we don't get Baylor and Gonzaga. You know how sad I would be. Yeah, that would be quite tragic. I mean, listen. At this point, I know people root for underdogs, but the best possible situation at this point is to get um, Baylor and Gonzaga. They're the best two teams. They have been all year. It'd be the best quality of game. The Final Four is going to reek. Uh, Gonzaga is going to probably just shove their dick down. If UCLA uh, loses less by 10, I think that's a win. No, that makes that sounds. I don't think will do it so far in the tournament. Um, but yeah, at, at this point, it's pretty much you just feel like it's inevitable that you're going to see Gonzaga and Baylor in the championship. Which I'm all Dude, for. I want to see UCLA win it. I'm going to be yeah. honest. That's well, okay. Here. If UCLA wins it all, I'd be happy. But if they get to the national championship and lose, oh, I'd be pissed. Gonzaga's yeah. gonna win it all, though. I really think they're the best team, man. It, it's hard to argue it. I mean, they just nobody's really shown a threat to them yet, especially the tournament. USC, who was making a fool out of all of their previous opponents, just yeah. absolutely manhandled by them. Yeah, like, yeah. It was never a game. Yeah, like, not. Yeah, it was literally not even close. UCLA has had a harder path to the Final Four than Houston has. Oh, 100 percent. I mean. Most eleven seeds would have a harder path. Uh, though, yeah, I know fair. that sounds stupid, but like, and but UCLA hasn't played. They've played Albion Christian, Arkansas, <laughs> Albion Christian, whatever. Now South Dakota, uh, what I say, South Dakota Baptist Church. If you know, you know. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying, bro. Honestly, huh? But whatever. But no, like UCLA, they've played really hard teams. But this is just me trying to get some more hate on Houston. Houston hasn't played a single single seed. Yeah, they've had a and nice like, path. You can beat they Rutgers by three, and you can beat Oregon State by six. And yes, you can beat a last team in, in Syracuse, and you can beat a Cleveland State by double digits. Congratulations. That's what you expect. But like for Houston fans to be saying we have a chance, they actually have to be, I'm not going to say it, but they have to be stupid. Yeah, they have to be in a daydream to believe that they can actually win the championship. To get past it, Baylor, I would be shocked. Yeah, they, they don't stand a realistic chance at beating Baylor. That is in my all honesty. Sense, and I just wanted to get hate out for Houston. I hate Houston. Yeah, you good, the Texans, good. Houston you have the Astros, and you have the Houston Cougars. Okay, yep. hang on. I want to say, um, you said they don't have a reasonable chance of beating Baylor. I, I think they have an okay shot. Look, I'm not saying they're going to, but like, they... um. They, they, Baylor has not been just a dynamo for the recent times. I mean, they uh, almost lost to K-State. I mean, we kind of saw that against Arkansas. Arkansas They just... almost lost to K-State. <laughs> I'm going to use the same little thing that I used because somebody, I think it was Illinois, lost to Missouri, and I said they were going to lose. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm making the same point with Baylor. They, they, they almost lost to K-State. Like, they came close. Mm. So, it just has to be said. All right, I got my two cents out of it for March Madness. Next week's yeah. interesting. It's, it's pretty, uh, pretty set. set. I'm not surprised that the. I mean, other than UCLA, I, if you would have told me these three other teams would have made it, I wouldn't have been that surprised. All right, after that little, <laughs> I'm gonna we're gonna call that a little communication error. We're gonna mm. go into the interview with Cody Tarp. Why did I say Tarp? It is Tap. A six ten. We've been saying Cody Tarp for like a while. I know. But Cody Tapped. Tap, Cody Tap, Cody Tap, host of Cody and Gold on 610. You can catch him from 10 to 2 on the weekdays. He also has Ned Yost coming on his show today at 1230. So that should be interesting. Dang. No longer the coach of 
the Royals. That would be so correct. That would be correct. So there's John's thoughts. So Good job, let's, John. Let's go to the interview. Let's leave on that. All right. We are now welcomed on by a uh, special guest uh, with opening day literally less than 24 hours away. We thought, why not get someone that knows the Royals pretty well? And that's Cody Tapp. Uh, Cody was 6'10 Sports. He's on the midday show of Cody and Gold. Catch him from 10 to 2. Cody, we really appreciate you coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. So let's just get right into it. Uh, this Royals team, I mean, it's been weird. When we left off last year, it's it feels like it's the same thing. The Royals were ended hot. You have high hopes for them the upcoming year. But this year it feels different just with the youth and talent that we have and like the prospects. Are you kind of getting that vibe too? Yeah, I would think so. Well, one, it's different, right? Because it was only a 60-game schedule. So they got hot, I guess, in like what would normally be May, not September. So it's like hard to know exactly how to take that in. But they're also just more talented than those teams. Back when we used to like talk ourselves into that stuff, it was Aaron Guile had a good September. Can he turn it into, you know, into something in April? And they're just better than that. Now, I was more optimistic before the Mondesi injury news yeah. hit today because that's always going to have some impact on your optimism for the beginning part of the season. But no, I, I think there, there's a real reason to actually believe they're going to be better because they have a better roster than any of those other years. A lot of it's just going to, like most teams, rely on pitching. Jackson. Yeah, uh, going into this year, I, obviously the Mondesi injury news today. How much do you think that affects the way the Royals start this season? Well, I mean, the good news is, I guess, for them is that typically success in the early part of the baseball season is pitching related just because, right. you know, it's hitters. cold and hitters usually start a little slower. And that's just mm -hmm. kind of the way it goes. So, like, maybe you can absorb it for a little bit. And we're not exactly sure the exact extent. He, you know, Matheny called it weeks. It, you know, I've heard anywhere from two to three. But oblique injuries are fickle, so we don't know. So it, of course, has an effect. That was a the guy they were planning on hitting in the middle of the order to start the season. And now Nicky Lopez will replace him and hit ninth. So, I mean, that's a significant downgrade from what they were planning on to start the year. But but a lot of it's still, again, yeah, the, like I mentioned, the pitching is going to have to hold up. And if, if the starters in particular hold up in the early part, I think they could start better than they have the last few years. Nicky Lopez getting called up. You were really heavy on someone this spring training who had a really good spring training. Uh, his name's Bobby Witt Jr. Do you think it was the right move for the Royals to send Witt Jr. to the uh, minor leagues to get some more development time? I mean, there's plenty of argument to be made that that's like the technically correct choice, right? That's how 98%, 99% of baseball would have handled that over all of these years. So yeah, sure, it's it's fine. And certainly the plan to have Isbell in there soften that blow a little bit because then you do still have a, a better lineup. Isbell actually has more minor league experience, had a better spring training. So you could just make the argument, you know, Isbell was the player more ready to go than Bobby Wood Jr. But it, you know, of course I want to see Bobby Wood Jr. up. And I don't know that A ball or double A is going to make a significant difference as far as my being convinced he's the player that he's going to be. And so I was ready to just see him up partially because I thought the lineup was better with him versus Nikki. Now yeah. that the injury has happened, it's Nikki again, but it's like they've already made their decision. So it just felt like too late in the game now. So I wasn't surprised to see that they went that way. Do we know where he got sent to? Technically, Nikki Lopez was sent. He was assigned to AAA. Oh, he was I'm, staying in Arizona. Oh, uh, Bobby, Bobby Witt. Witt. Yeah. No, officially no. Um, we had JJ Piccolo on our show, the assistant general manager. And he said he's going to stay in Arizona for about uh, two weeks, three weeks. They have essentially, starting next week, they have a 12-game team that is co with the the tech or the the Houston uh, or sorry the Texas Rangers. Just be or the good God, I cannot get that out. The Rangers <laughs> just because I guess they don't have enough guys down there, but it's just like their elite prospects and the Royals' elite prospects. They're all going to be in a team together, and they're going to play like 13 games with like. The Super Prospect League in Arizona. Gotcha. When that's over, the rumor is it's going to be Double A uh, mm. that he gets sent to in Northwest Arkansas. But JJ Piccolo, the same guy who's on with us, said it could be Double A AA or Triple A. I actually don't think they've firmly made that decision yet. All right, 
Yeah, that's an interesting decision. I know everyone's pretty eager to see Bobby Wood Jr., including us. We're very high on him. Shifting gears a little bit, last year, one of the shocking things, at least in my opinion, was how well the bullpen did for the Royals. Even though it was only a 60-game stretch, it was significantly better than the 2019 or 18 seasons. Do you think over an 162-game stretch with the re-addition of Wade Davis that it's going to be as solid? Yeah, I do, because they're deep. They like, are, that's yeah. the most encouraging thing is that Greg Holland is likely to be their closer, although they won't use it in the traditional sense all the time. But Greg Holland's their closer. Stalman and Barlow behind that. I think their hope would be that Wade Davis would earn a spot near the back end of that. And Jesse Hahn was a guy they talked about mm. in the late part of the innings last year. And there's still Junis, who mm. I think just as long as they don't start him, could end up – I think Junis really plays well in the bullpen if yeah. if they can convince him to play there. So – or, you know, all the time. Obviously, he's in there and he's going to play wherever, but – um, if, if he stays there versus if they need a yeah. starter at a later time. So, yeah, no, I, I actually do think they can be as good as last year. I think they've got one of the better bullpens in the entire division. And I think it's a top five bullpen in the American league and, you know, a top seven or eight in baseball. So I, I feel very good that, you know, this is where they were last year is not going to be way off from where they are this year, at least there. It's just crazy to me because it seemed like two or three years ago, anytime our starting pitcher would get pulled, we all were like, we lost if we couldn't get a complete game because our bullpen was trash. Yeah. But now we're actually like. And then last year, out of nowhere, it just started. Yeah. Uh, you kind of touched, <laughs> talked about it a little bit with uh, Junis. I mean, last year we saw Matheny midway through the season have Junis become the starter. And I myself do feel like it's a good idea for Junis to be that kind of starter guy for you. Are you, you in favor of a starter team, like a start reliever almost? Kind I'm of like yeah, what the Rays do. An opener. Sure. Yeah, an yeah, opener. Like I don't know why I couldn't think of the word opener, even though that's what they're called. <laughs> well, and, yes. you know, obviously the Royals were working on that in AAA last year because, you know, Kyle Zimmer was doing that in the early part before he got called back up uh, two years ago. And so they've tinkered with it. And Mike Matheny has admitted a willingness to at least entertain it. So I'm fine with it. The, the issue now, like they're obviously trying to curb that because they've, you know, they're not, they haven't finalized rules, but they've talked about rules that could at least curb it a little bit. But it makes sense to me because you're trying to get batters one through six out. And you know if you put them at the beginning of the game, you can get a pitcher that you think works well against them facing them then. Versus like it's the seventh inning and one, two, three are up or like I guess we use Holland now? Or do we wait because one, two, three might be back up in the ninth? Or, you know, you're playing a guessing mm -hmm. game. When you do the starter, you're not playing the guessing game. It's hitters one through six. Do you have a pitcher who can get them out? I'd be fine if Junis did that. It would give him the normal run-up, which I'm sure he'd appreciate. But I think he'd just as good if he was a back-end starter. Or a back-end reliever, sorry. Yeah. I, I can see that as well. From what you see, though, do you think that Jake Junis – I mean, we see guys around the league because the opener strategy is still something that's pretty fresh in the game of baseball. I know like a year or two ago, Bumgarner was – very opposed to it. Do you think yeah. Junis and some of these other guys would be willing to take on that role of losing their quote unquote starting pitching role to become oh, an opener? Like Jacob, you know, Junis has been really honest. He's told us before, I mean, he wants to be a starter, but he's also mm -hmm. willing to be in the bullpen. If that means he keeps his job right now, he's kind of stuck between two worlds. They don't need right. a fifth starter for another 10 days. They haven't made it clear if it'd be Junis is the guy or Bubich or Daniel Lynch like, it could be anybody in that fifth role. We don't know who it's going to be yet. A lot of Junis's thing is, like, I, I had kind of given up on Junis as a starter. I like him as a guy and as a pitcher, but he's got limitations as far as I felt like he'd never developed the third pitch and he wasn't being consistent enough in the big league level. It was a little bit like Wade Davis. Mm -hmm. It was like there is some upper-end pitch stuff. Like, you know, he's got a great pitch, but he didn't have three good enough pitches in order to feel comfortable. So I just kind of let it go. Now there's been all this hype because like he developed a cutter and it's working better. And I kind of feel like I want to see it in practice before I completely rule out the starter end. Because again, I still think he'd be a dominant bullpen guy. So mm -hmm. I'm rooting for maybe the dominant bullpen guy angle. But I think the Royals could still give him a couple of starts if they're feeling really good about the way he's pitching out of the bullpen the first couple of weeks before they need a, a fifth starter. Yeah, I hate keep just making this the Jacob Junis show, but I will I will never forget whenever he played the Tigers and like it was his first start, I think, and like he was lights out and I was like Junis for Cy Young and it was like the first week of April. <laughs> Same thing with Scobland is his very yeah. first start. He was insane. I went and to the second ever start and that was very disappointing. <laughs> he was he was amazing his first start and then after that it was all downhill. <laughs> well so but, was Jimmy Gobbles back in the day. It only tells you so much. 
Skogun got a hat tip. He walked off with a hat tip in that game. He went one hitter. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember. I was watching that on TV. I I, I was like, damn, we got was a like, new ace. First or second no. year of the rebuild. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, whenever was, was we kind of look on yeah. the financial side, I know we just signed Hunter Dozier to a contract extension. That's very team friendly a lot across the whole league. But if you had to pick one of the two players, who would you sign to an extension? And you can only pick one: Brad Keller or Mondi. Keller. I, I like Mondesi. I'd be interested in a contract with the extension with him too. But I know that I know that Brad Keller is going to cost more. But Keller is like the most sneaky efficient pitcher in all of baseball. Yes. Across yeah. baseball, people don't care about him because like he doesn't get big strikeouts. He's not like he's he doesn't throw you know he's not Syndergaard. He doesn't throw ninety nine every pitch. He throws like ninety four or ninety three, and sometimes he pumps it up to ninety seven. But, uh, you know, he, he throws like mid-90s, 94, and he doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. Since he's been in the league, he has a top 17 ERA in all of baseball. Like, he's been as good as anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't think he's going to be, you know, way expensive. Like, I look at the Lance McCullers deal and say five for 85. And I, you know, and I see that because Keller has two more years of arbitration extension, if you went five years out on Keller, you could probably do it for less than that. You might be like five for 70 total. For the five years total, like, you know, starting next year for Keller. And if that's the contract, I'm in. Five you, for 70, no questions. Do you feel like there is a rush to sign those two players in the Royals organization? Well, they both still have years of control. So rush is relative. But you don't really want to go into the final year of arbitration of Brad Keller's deal. So the rush would be this offseason. Like, and I, you know, like, to my understanding, I'm pretty sure they've already broached the topic of an extension with Brad Keller. But I, you know, I would say this off, like the following off season, be like, look, you got to get something done with Keller, mm-hmm. or this guy might go somewhere else, and it's only going to get more expensive, in my opinion, because then I if agree. you want a five year deal, you're not buying up this year, you're not buying up that year. So I think it's that with Mondesi, if you want to do the wait and see approach with him, fine. You might end up paying him more because he comes back after two weeks from this injury at the beginning of the season, plays lights out, and now he's more expensive than he was, but you're also not putting any risk into it. So it kind of feels like with him, if you want to wait and see, it's worth it. Another financial question for the Royals is obviously recently they signed Salvador Perez to a four-year extension. And, you know, kind of think a lot of people were kind of happy about it, obviously, because Kansas City keeping a star like him or a guy like him, they've lost so many that they were excited. But what do you think about the contract, noting that he is a 30-year-old catcher? And do you think we'll see him transition into the DH or first base role later in the contract? So for first base, you know, like I never loved that. Like for first base or DH, he'd actually technically be like a little below average offensively for those positions. Now they could do a revolving DH where Salvador Perez slowly gets more time there so that he's not catching, you know, 140 games a year or whatever. Mm-hmm. He already does that more than anybody. So I never really loved the transition plan. And now I look at Yadier Molina, who's, you know, by the time this contract's over for Salvador Perez, he'd be about the age Yadier Molina is now. Still catching. So I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't see the first base DH route as being the best route. I'd rather just stay at catcher. But my first initial instinct is like, boy, that's a lot of money for catcher. Yeah. And then at I, that and age. Then I, yeah. And then I look at it and I'm like, I see the deal Real Muto got, or I see the last Yachty deal or what he's making. And to be honest, if you want a top five catcher in baseball, that's about the going rate. Like, yes, it comes with risk, but because they have no long term contracts really, now other like that are expensive, now other than you know, Salvador Perez's Dozier's deal is not expensive. Mm-mm. That's their only yeah. long-term expensive deal. That's fine. Like, pay for Salvador Perez, that's good. And then you'll still have plenty of money to throw around later if you need to. Do you feel like if the Royals, I'm not going to say underachieve, but are not in the uh, race for a, a wild-card spot, do you feel like they could they would trade Jorge Soler this year? Yeah, I think it's possible because they haven't, uh, they haven't given him a contract yet. Yeah. And I... You know, and remember we said, like, going into it, any offseason where someone's on the last year of their deal and, you're not, and they don't have a contract, yeah, they're kind of telling you maybe where they are. And, and to be honest, home runs are easier to buy in the free agency market than they used to be. Yeah. See what the Twins have done over the last three years or the fact Encarnacion is available right now. That guy hit more home runs than Soler did last year and not as many as he did the year before, but he hit in the 30s, the high 30s. So, well, I'm like just those- interested to see, like, Soler because, like, with Kaufman being such a pitcher friendly park, yeah, it's like what could he do if he's playing at let's say Fenway or Yankee Stadium 
small stadiums, like what numbers would he actually be putting up? Because that's where he'd be playing half his games. Like the fact that Solaire's putting up those kind of home run numbers here at Kaufman, that is the thing that I kind of find really crazy to see. It is, but he's a weird case study in home runs. So he has the season where he hit 48 home runs, like you said. Played 81 games at Kaufman, played 81 games in parks that are certainly easier to hit home runs. But his next highest home run total in any season is 12. Yeah. And that was, and that was, and you're like, well, he probably only, he was hurt. He probably only played like 60 games. He played like 110 games. So I don't, I don't, like, I think Soler is a, you know, a dynamic power hitter, but I am only basing that off of one year. I guess maybe a shortened season last year, but like, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it more with him, but he's, he's just at risk because I think that they want to be closer to what some other teams in the small market do, which is a revolving DH. My guess is like down the road, they'd be more interested in like, let's have more position players we trust and like, and just rotate who gets a half day off at the DH position. They've talked about wanting more flexibility like that. And then of course they end up with Kendris Morales or Jorge Soler. They were talking about that before Morales, I think. So I think it's something they're actually interested in, um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Soler moved. But they'd have to be out of the mix. I don't think they're just going to do it to do it. Yeah, I hope they don't. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, he is just an interesting prospect. He's an interesting situation because he's about to turn 30, or he is 29, I'm sure. Yeah, okay, so he'll turn 30 next year. Yeah. Um, and you really have seen him do some great things, but you really haven't seen it been done consistently and by that age, I mean, you're kind of at a crossroad. Do you pay him or do you not? And he kind of also had a little thing like Mondesi where he was also injury prone at one point. I think that's a very interesting situation there. And I think not only him, but you're looking at, if you're not in the mix at the deadline, you're looking at maybe Ben Attendee getting traded, Holland getting traded, Davis getting, depending on who plays well, obviously. And I think the Royals, yeah, it's very, very important how they start their season this year based on what they're going to do towards the last three months of the season. Yeah, and obviously they think they can compete. Like, nobody yeah, inside the organization yeah. will tell you otherwise. They yeah. think they're ready to win now, but, you know, we'll find that out here over the next couple of months. Yeah, I mean, kind of going away from, like, the power side, looking at the pitching side, we've seen this organization focus heavily on pitching in these past couple drafts, from Ace Lacey to Brady Singer to Jackson Carr. If I asked you five years from now, where do you think this Royals pitching rotation ranks in MLB? Who boy, I'm relying on guessing who I think they're going to take this year too. Um, top eight. Top like eight. And now I I'd like to be more optimistic, and they they've got arms to be better than that. Kind of like how the Cleveland's doing it. Cleveland has a top five rotation in baseball. Their payroll is like thirty nine million dollars. <laughs> so. They could certainly be in that, but like I, you know, I need to see more from the development end. Mm-hmm. The I mean, Royals didn't are see ju- it last year, yeah, and they've been good in the minors, right? Like they all look great in the minors right now. Singer looked good in the majors last year, certainly after he got through a handful of rocky starts. And Bubich had a good start to last year, but you know they're going to start him in the minors this year, and I don't think it'd be stunning to find out, as our you know our Royals insider had said, it wouldn't be stunning to see. Daniel Lynch get called up before he does this year. So, like, you know, I, I just want to make sure all these guys who look really good in the minors look good in the majors before I'd want to commit to above top five. The guy I'm the highest on out of all of them, by the way, is Daniel Lynch. That kid is tremendous. Yeah. Like, I, it doesn't matter what, like, that. he's going to be great. I'd be really, really surprised if he's not great. I'd take him over any pitcher they have out of any, and that includes Singer and Bubich. Out of those guys that are coming up, I'd take him first and foremost. Maybe Asa Lacey once I see him pitch a little bit, but it's Lynch, no doubt, for me. That, that's what everyone's been saying since the very first year that they played in can, or in the minor leagues is that Lynch was superior to Singer and uh, Kovar. So that doesn't surprise me that you're hearing that because he he's probably – I mean, what would you say – When? let me just think how to phrase this. What do you think the longest we would have to wait to see him in the majors would be at this point? June? I mean, I yeah. think you could see him in ten days. I, you know, like I think yeah, it could I mean, be. It's coming down between uh, Lynch, Bubich. I mean, I don't even know if you want to throw Kowar in there, but like after those ten days, after you get like all those opening day breaks, that's when you're going to see who the fifth pitcher is. Yeah, if it, if it's later than June, I'd be surprised with Lynch. Like I legitimately think he could be yeah. the fifth starter, and we just don't know it yet. Do you think? Uh... I saw Alec Lewis today tweeted that Irvin Santana was at Kaufman today. Do you think he's going to be a starter to start the season? 
that's the guy who could throw off the if 10 days he's not the starter because they're between Junis, Santana, and Bubich, essentially. So I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if they gave Irvin Santana a start. I hope that they don't. <laughs> like, I, you know, it's fine. He's looked good the last few weeks of spring, but I, I don't think I want to go down that road again because I already have two aging starters in Minor and Duffy and like some inconsistency because I don't know the fifth starter is going to be. I don't really want to play that game with Irvin Santana. Obviously, he was good for this franchise before, and he's been a good major league pitcher, but it's like I'd, I'd rather just see him out of the pen too. But I, honestly, it, it wouldn't shock me if they gave him that start in 10 days or if he got a couple of starts just to see how he handled those things before because in a year where you don't know how many starters you're going to need, if you can steal a couple of starts with Irvin Santana, you're essentially insulating yourself from like the eventual innings problem that we all assume is going to happen in baseball because nobody pitched more than like 70 innings last year. And now you're going to be asking people to go 170 to 200. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I really haven't thought about until just the past couple of weeks, to be honest, because I have been realizing or have been seeing people talk about that. But when you look at this team, Jackson kind of touched on it earlier. You got Ben Attendee, you got Santana. Um, I mean, you can throw minor in there, but staying in the position players. Do you believe the ownership in this Royals organization is like, I'm not going to say be is leading this, but like they put this on the table saying, Hey, we came here to win. I don't want to like just sit here and watch this team lose. Or is this just timing? No, they, they, I think they mean that. Like, John Sherman only has a history as an owner twice. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's the Royals now. So, last year, they didn't even have a regular season. It was a disaster. Yeah. But then in the offseason, they signed multiple guys to an extension. So, before they had a single fan in the stands, they gave multiple extensions out. Yes. That's even after paying all their minor leaguers and doing that stuff. And then we've seen the way they've spent. Like, they traded for Ben Benintendi. That took on more salary. They paid Santana. That took on more salary. But then also, if you just you, go back to Cleveland. I think that, like, in Kansas City, it's hard to, like, remember those times. But when he was in Cleveland, they were spending $160 million a year on the payroll. He was specifically brought in because they needed a cash flow thing. Mm -hmm. Because, well, he wanted to get an ownership, but they needed cash flow because they had a roster worth competing, but not ownership that was willing to spend the money in order to do it. He was essentially the piggy bank for years that got them close to a World Series. When he left, look where their payroll is. They stopped spending the second he took his money and ran. So it's like, to me, it seems fairly obvious he's kind of the money guy. And he's, at this stage, through two years, he's given no indication that he's not willing to spend money. So at this point, I assume he's going to be willing to spend, you know, till till he proves otherwise, I assume he's willing to spend. Yeah, and that's a change of pace here in Kansas City. I think a lot of people don't get that, is that we, before, you're right, literally has not sold one ticket yet. And he gave out extensions to Perez, Dozier, signed Santana, Ben Attendee's also making six. I mean, six isn't a lot, but for the Royals, I mean, that's up there in payroll. Um, See, that's I find that interesting. But, you know, talking about a different mindset in owners, how about a different mindset in managers? From just watching Matheny last year and so far in spring and after covering Ned for so long, what would you say the biggest difference between those two guys is? Probably just like day-to-day attitude. You know, and they obviously everybody's got a different managerial style, so one's not necessarily better than the other. But Ned was, you know, a bit of the the older, wiser Yoda method, right? Like he got in there, he went to motivate his guys, but he wasn't the rah-rah guy. Uh, Matheny to this point has been the like, I'll run through a damn wall guy. I think they they hold similar like coaching philosophies. And I know Matheny said he really wants to embrace analytics. And I think Ned did embrace some of that in the end. But I'd say Matheny has leaned further into that, especially now because that was part of the reasons people had questions about, you know, if he was the right guy after he'd less, left St. Louis. And so I'd say a little more analytically driven, but he's also like, he's like, I'll run through a brick wall to motivate you guy. And I, Ned was never like that. Um, you know, at least in those those later years when I was used to covering him. I mean, I'm not saying he was never that because he's a bit of a red ass, which he would admit, by the way. I'm not just saying that. Yeah, no. So it's, you know, like that version of it is just a little bit different. They're just they're they're, they're kind of got a different attitude feel. Yeah. I mean, we had Nick Heath on here before and he said last year, uh, Matheny just told him straight up what he needs to work on. He didn't sugarcoat it or anything. He said, if you want to get better, this is what you need to work on. And I mean, he told us like, that is like the thing they want around that clubhouse. They want to be told what they need to work on. And that's not hating on Ned. 
Because, I mean, we saw what Ned did for us. But, I mean, I'm just kind of throwing in my two cents about Matheny. But we only have two more questions here. Obviously, where do you think this team will finish this year is the first question. Oh, yesterday I got asked this, and I said 78 wins, and that was before the Mondesi news. (laughs) So now I'm like, oh, God, do I want to alter my projection not knowing if he's going to be – you know, out three weeks or six or two weeks or any version of it, but I'll, I'll stick with it because I do think that if everything goes right, they have the chance to be an 80 plus win team. Now, now barely plus 80, right? 81, 82 and starting pitching is a huge concern for me, but I'm optimistic because they've used Isbell and they were serious about giving Witt a shot that if the pitching starts to fail them, they will dip into the minors for the guys who are ready. So I'll say 78 wins. It's probably a bit of an optimist path because that's about four wins above Vegas, but that's where I think they finish. All right. And the final question, uh, we ask every guest that comes on this question, just just tallying up results. Uh, For purposes that someone thought this was real, we have to say this is a simulation. (laughs) If you had to pick someone in a fight, who would you pick? 30 10-year-olds or one Conor McGregor? And this is at recess. This is not an octagon. This is your recess. 32-year-olds are one Conor McGregor. This is great timing with uh, Godzilla versus uh, King Kong coming up. It really is. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I guess I'll take my shot with McGregor. I no. mean, at yes. this point, no. I feel like, yes. it's the, like it's the puncher's chance. He's going to be confident, and maybe I just land one on the jaw in the right spot. I can't beat 32-year-olds. I'm going to get my ass kicked. Like, yeah. I got no chance there. I probably got no chance with McGregor, but I'll take the puncher's chance. Yeah, I can't I accidentally knock out 10, 10 year, or 30-10-year-olds. But at the same yeah. time. I'm, 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 and, you know, hit him below the belt. That sucks, no. but good thing it's recess. No, I, I might been, get through like seven or eight of them, but eventually <laughs> I'm going to lose. Yeah. No, the people on this podcast, everyone that comes on agrees with you. They all say McGregor would win. But <laughs> Josh, and then he's not here today, but John, the other two guys on this podcast have argued differently the entire time. And it's I just so refreshing. Down. It is so refreshing to hear <laughs> someone come on and tell me the truth. All right. Well, Cody, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Do you have anything you want to shout out? Anything? Well, I mentioned Ned Yost. He'll actually be on the show tomorrow at uh, 1230. So I'll mention that at least on that end. So if you want to hear from Ned, you can actually hear him tomorrow at 1230. All right. I think we all want to hear that voice of his. But other than that, we appreciate you coming on to the show, Cody. Thank you. No problem. Thanks, guys. That was a great interview with Cody. Now let's get on to something new. It is a snake draft. If you guys know what Barstool Chicago is, then skip for like another minute. But for people that don't, we have a category. We debate, not debate, but we pick what we think is the best of that category. And today's category is uniform. So we'll go through these categories that we have. I'll put it on Twitter. And if you listen to the podcast, you know who to vote for. But if you don't, you just vote for whoever you think has the best list. So today's categories are NBA, NFL, MLB, NCAA, in the other category, which is anything, NHL, soccer, etc. Mm-hmm. Well, the order for this draft was already picked. Uh, John is going first since he was in the woods dicking around. Yes, I'm going second. Jackson's going third, and it will be reverse since it's a snake draft for the round after. So, yes. John, with the first pick of the draft, who are you taking? The Miami Vice uniforms. Which color? Which ones? Uh, whatever the best one is. Nope. Got to give me one. That's pretty subjective, John. Okay. And well, Jackson, which one's better, the black or the no, white? No, and this is the thing. There is the pink that you could do. There pink, is this black too. Or white. Once, since John took this off, like you can't just be like, "Oh, I want the other color of this." Yeah. No. 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 Once you take one team's, you can't. You can't just be like, "I want the." I, if John takes white, you can't be like, "Well, I want black." No, that's not yeah. how it works. So, John, yeah. what color do you want? Uh, black. You're done. Okay, I'm joking. I'm just trying to mess with you. All right. So, John, you took the Miami Vice with the first pick in the first round, and it's the first NBA jersey off the board. Mm-hmm. All right. Give me one second. Just trying to get this up today. All right. With my second pick, well, first here, I think Miami Vice is a good pick, but John, was that or was that not to just piss off Jackson because he couldn't get it? Uh, I just figured that was going to be the hot commodity, so I picked it. Actually, it wasn't going to be. I literally had my picks written down before. That was not going to be my pick for NBA. So. Right. Okay. I'm going NBA too, but I don't know which one I want. I'm not going to tell you the two because I don't want to give Jackson like, oh, I should do that one. 
if you see this jersey, you know whose name's on the back of it. Give me the Toronto Raptors Dino jersey away. Okay. okay. I, I mean, it's an iconic jersey. Okay. Well, now that both of you have taken an NBA jersey, you won't be able to take another one. So both of my next two picks will not be NBA. This is the great part about having the third pick. Oh uh, God, I can do whatever idiots. What was that? We're idiots. Um, my jersey that I take will be NFL, and I'm going to go the Chargers Powder Blues. You're a bitch. You're actually a bitch. It's a great jersey color. Um, really, really hard to beat that one. Um, and then my baseball one, because I get to pick again, right? Yes. All right, cool. My baseball one is going to be the old Astros jerseys. You know the oh, ones I'm talking about? All right. Do you know the ones I'm talking about? Yes. Is it the white? It's it's the white, and it's got the. All right. That's I, don't, I, don't, I didn't know, I don't know if it was to... the white or the brown version, because if it was going to be the brown okay, version, I was going to say you're kind of stupid. No, the white version's clean. You can't even lie. It is a nice jersey. No. And I hate the others. But... All right. Uh, so I respect it. I, I do respect it. The Chargers pow- powder blue or power blue? Powder. What do you think? The powder blue. Well, ones. I mean, they got that color rush jersey. I didn't know if you're just calling it power. You know the one I'm talking about. Yes, I know the one you're talking about. It's a good pick. It's a really good pick. Uh, Thank you. With Thank my you. second pick in the second round, uh, this pick, I'm I'm actually really happy I can pick it. Give me the KC Monarchs jersey. Mm. That 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 jersey is cold. <laughs> I mean, terrible choice. What do you mean? Horrible. Wouldn't have even been in my top 50 choices. No. No, I mean, you don't tell me that that jersey is sick. I don't tell you that? Okay. No, like, okay. If you see them wearing that, it's like... That's not even the best Royals jersey. It is, in my opinion. This is ball cap right now, folks. This is John just doesn't want to debate. But it's okay. Yeah. Okay, John. Who are you taking with this next selection? Yeah. Give me. Give me the creamsicle Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey. Good pick. Good pick. I like it. Hell so, yeah. Wait. So just the white ones? No, the creamsicles, the dumbass. Ones. Bro, what's no, the, the creamsicles? What are the cream? The orange one. The old god. Oh. Okay. 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 Moderator of this. Oh, I don't know what jersey we want. <laughs> hey John, how about you go fall on that log and go in the water with your little friends playing in the woods? You little ten-year-old. I hope a dude goes out there and kidnaps you. You don't even realize how close I came to not making it. All right. So no, right. dude, I don't like that jersey. If I'm gonna be honest, I don't. I think it's an ugly jersey. jersey. It's an either you hate it or love a jersey. I really do All think right. that. My next pick. No. Right. No. What? It's John. Oh, that is right. That would be correct. I've been fooled. John? Uh, okay, I'm going to take the... Okay, look up, like, Royals black vest jersey. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Wait, yeah, I thought we could do the same team. Oh, yeah, that's right. You can't. All right, yeah, Royals are off the board. <laughs> oh, Royals are off the board? Never mind. I forgot that that was a rule. Um, okay. We're, we're not coming we're back. We can't come back to you. It is you make your mind. We will wait here. We will wait here. Let me think here for, like, one second. I am trying to look at dope ass MLB jerseys. What am I even thinking? It could. Uh, you could also take. It doesn't have to be MLB. You could take another sport. Yeah, it could be. It could just be NFL, NCA, or other. Okay, dope ass MLB jerseys. Um, <laughs> Why do I feel like that's what you typed in? Oh, it is. You want literally? It's hundred percent what you typed in. Everyone check. <laughs> it's definitely what I typed in. John, just find um, a jersey. I'm gonna pick the. I don't know. Just give me like the the Tampa Bay Devil Rays jersey. I don't know. That's kind of cool. I have interesting. No I don't really pay any attention to MLB jerseys besides the standard ones, you know. Tampa Bay Devils. Devil Rays. The Devil Rays. Yeah. Two thousand five. Which That's one? White or blue? White. All right. All right. I'm gonna get this pick out of the way just in case one of you guys somehow pulled this out. I'm going with my miscellaneous category. Interesting. Give me Team USA Basketball. 2012 away. Okay. I think that's a great pick. I, I mean, obviously, yeah. you wouldn't have done it if you didn't think so. Exactly. But, like, it's just, it's also the value of that jersey and, like, what it has with that run that they have. Like, okay. 
it was, it's a good, I think it's a good jersey. I was tempted to go home, but I think you got to stick with the blue. It, it makes everything stick. Interesting. Um, okay. Whose turn is it? Is it mine? Mm-hmm. I'm taking my NBA jersey here. The Vancouver Grizzlies edition. God damn it. That's what I had. See, I didn't know if I should go Jurassic Park or the Vancouver's. I literally have Vancouver's as my number two. Well, you didn't take it. So What I think is my NBA jersey again? The and heat vice versa. And oh, that's, yeah. what, that's what I thought get. everyone was gonna want that. <laughs> no, hey, I, no nobody bad, did. but I thought everyone would want it too, so I didn't I didn't put it down. But yeah. Same. Uh yeah, I took yeah, that, that'll be my white jersey. Or, white or uh blue? The blue. Jackson, you're actually a bitch. I was really hoping that wouldn't get picked. You had a pick before me, bro. I know, but I was just kind of hoping that jersey wasn't gonna get picked because like as like that's what I've been thinking about this whole time. I was like, man, if that jersey gets picked, I'm not winning. Like that is like my jersey, the Jurassic Park jersey is sick, but I, like the since right. the, uh Grizzlies are wearing it now, I think it makes it even better. All right, enough enough stuttering. Let's go. Right, Move on. Off. <laughs> <laughs> Whose pick is next? It's you, dumbass. Oh, okay. I'm going college football here or college, but I am gonna go college football. I'm gonna go pretty plain here. Y'all are gonna laugh at it, maybe. It's Alabama. No, I'm going Clemson's orange. I like oh, Clemson. Oh, ew. Hey, right. I'll see you guys later on next week's pod. <laughs> no, yeah, that is disgusting. It is not disgusting. Stop it. Orange is not disgusting. No, John. What do you, What do you think about that pick? My favorite ass. color. It's what, John? It's ass. It yeah. is not ass. Okay. This At least you could say purple. Ass. If you would have said Clemson's purple jersey, that would have been terrible. I considered that. I'm not gonna lie. That was in the consideration. Dude, that is one of the ugliest jerseys that Clemson's ever worn. Y'all are just such haters. I just can't. No, no, that is just bad. <laughs> I will piss off. All right, with my pick, you don't, you don't know shit. You picked the fucking Monarchs jersey. No, idiot. okay. Clemson orange. What's it got? Literally nothing. It's, it's just nice white and orange. Yeah, I, that's why Where I like you pick it. it. All right, you know what? Fine. My favorite color. That's what fucking made me pick it. Fuck off. <laughs> All right, with mine, I'm going my NCAA pick two. I'm tempted between these two, but I feel like this is just one you got to go with. It just gave me the Duke white and blue. I think it's basketball. Basketball. Hmm. I think it's a, I think it's just a very clean. Now jersey. you're gonna call mine plain, but this isn't plain. I didn't say plain. I just said I hated it. No, you said mine was plain. Okay, well, Lear, here. I also said yours. What valley does it have? The Duke white and blue jersey has so much historical value to it. And the Clemson football doesn't? Do you hear yourself? Okay. What has Clemson done in the past 30 years? Uh, what? Do they have Okay, here. Let's say from 2000 to 2010, what happened? They have more college football playoff appearances than Mizzou ever. They have have more college football appearances than anyone ever, except... They had more college football appearances in 2020 than they did as Mizzou has ever. Okay, you don't have to just keep talking shit on Mizzou, all right? Yeah, John. All right, John, what's your fourth... I'm just making a point about how shit Mizzou is. What's your fourth round pick, John? Fourth round pick? um, Give me Sorrento FC. (laughs) What? What in the fuck is that? I don't know. I found it randomly on the internet. (laughs) Sorrento FC, what color? Uh, red and black. <laughs> All right. Well, and your last pick, which would be NF? No, NBA. No. MLB. No. I already did MLB. There's only four rounds. No, there's five. Mm. Miscellaneous NBA. You MLB, haven't done. NFL. You haven't done NCAA. Oh, there's NCAA. Holy shit! What do you think um, you were just naming colleges? What do you think Clemson meant? <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was miscellaneous. Um, let me think. I'm gonna go with the K State Lavenders. For what? Okay. For like basketball? Yeah. Interesting. Eh, not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. All right. Not too bad. With mine, I'm probably no. You know what? I think this is a great jersey. And for mine. Oh, okay. Are we doing just jersey or like, yeah, you have to. You can't just, you can't put a whole uniform on there. Not just jersey. Oh, okay. That kind of hurts mine. 
Or did your miscellaneous, right? Yeah, I'm picking between NFL. Because oh. if, if, it was, if it was the whole uniform, I would have done Bills blue on blue. But mm. for that reason, I'm going the Falcons black jersey. That's the worst one that any of the footballs were, I will have to say. Yeah. If I if I do if I, I if I do declare. And it's this year. Now I'm not doing their retro one. Mm. All right, Jackson, with the final pick. Mm. It will be your what? MLB? Yes. No. No, I'm miscellaneous. miscellaneous. All right, I'm I'm interested I'm taking, to hear this. I am taking the Space Jam Toon Squad Dude, jerseys. I didn't okay, look. I kind of want to veto that because that's not a jersey. Okay, what what the fuck? No, no. This is what I wanted to talk about. I was like, you don't wear that in the sport. You when was the last time you saw that in a sporting event? Um, that was not. There were no terms and conditions here. It just was jerseys. I see. That's why I left off my third spot for. I was like, do I want to put Space Jam? This is bullshit. Okay, well, John signing to Marcus Cousins. The Clippers did sign to Marcus. Yes, they did. This is bullshit. Toon Squad John, counts. You John, can't wait. It John, did, are you vetoing or are you not? No, I'm team teams. Toon Squad counts. All right, fine. Yes. It counts. It counts. It counts. Which, yes. Just the white, right? The white. Yeah. I was gonna go with the newer ones, but I. Oh, you, know, you went the newer ones. I would have hated you. That would. I would have. Yeah, no. No. You know what? I Jackson. You. You didn't even pick the new ones. What am I talking about? All right. <laughs> What just happened? I was just mad because he picked the Clemson earlier. It's like yeah, making dumb decisions all night. Bro, the Clemson is not that bad. You you're telling me the Clemson orange is a bad uniform? Like you you cannot objectively bad. It's just bad. This is. I'm gonna say plain, and you can't say Duke is plain. Duke is plain. John, which pick sucks worse, Clemson orange or Duke? Duke. I'm just kidding. Clemson. Orange. I was going to say, yeah. I was going to say, the Duke is actually like, those I are good jerseys. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm really anticipating a Josh Mizzou pick. Oh, I'm, I'm not, not going to lie. lie. The Mizzou yellow basketball jersey was very tempting. It was very because tempting. Pissed you off too much recently for that to happen. Oh, no, but I, no. I mean, the Mizzou yellow <laughs> basketball jersey with like the white tiger eye is kind of hard. I think our next state draft should be worse jerseys. No, we can't just keep doing jerseys. Okay, we'll piss off. We can. We'll do sports villains, and then we'll do... D Ford! Oh, Jesus, that will be the first pick. (laughs) Whoever gets the first pick. It will just be called the D Ford snake draft. They're just biggest bitches in sports. (laughs) We'll call it for that for you, John. John, in honor of you, that's what we'll call it for you. But other than that... That's really all I have for primetime Kansas City. Next week should be interesting. We'll have a national champion in basketball. The Royals will be going. And we'll also have probably another snake draft because I like Biggest this. bitches in sports. Yeah. Biggest bitches in sports. That so will be a that's nice something thing. to really look forward to. I, I know yeah. John's going to have a detailed list. Yeah, that thing's going to go hard. Yeah, so we'll see you guys on the next episode of primetime Kansas City.